You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two, There is nothing quite like a last-minute winner, is there? Maybe it shouldn't have been necessary with the performance for the 90 minutes before it, but it ended up being a quality assist, a quality take, and a quality finish to make sure City ended the game with what they deserved. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. All right, all right. All right, and today we are going to review everything that happened at St. James's Park. Um, Sam, it seemed quite a game in the end to have, uh, to have been at. I imagine uh, yeah, for, th- for those of you that were filing on, on the whistle reports, uh, wouldn't have been too happy with the, the last-minute nature of the win, but in the end, it was a pretty good win. Yeah, that's not me, so I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, um, no, what does that have to do? We've got the live things now, so it was... Oh, anyway... They want they want everything too soon, and I was like, "What are you doing? Asking for summit like with half an hour to go? Like, let's just see what happens." And then, lo and behold, uh, De Bruyne. So yeah, um, but it was great. It was just a, gr- a great game. Um, you know, saw mates beforehand, and obviously know how happy they'd have been with it. It's a big performance, big for the team. You see the celebrations on the pitch, on the bench. It was good. In, it was good work wise in the sense that it went round to the mix zone afterwards, and at Newcastle, it was basically the the main entrance where they were all. Well, in this case, the main exit when yeah. they're all walking out to get to the bus. So you could see the city players milling about, and like Cheeky was back there. And but like the players coming out taking pictures. We spoke to Oscar Bob. We spoke to Rodri, which is you know embargoes are going to do for that, but fine. Um, like like Grealish, for example. I bet he was Bob. I, about yeah, I, I bet Bob was on top of the world. Was he? I mean, I don't know how much you can say. I don't he, know what's what's embargoed, but yeah. Oh no! Well, I mean, look. Well, actually, by the time we record this and and edit it, yeah, we could put it out. So, yeah, um, we've got the clip. There you go. Best feeling ever. Nothing more to say, really. No. Did you Uh, ever envision a moment like this, thinking, if I'm going to get a first Premier League goal for City, how it might come? Did you ever think it would be this important and this big? No. I thought first Premier League goal, I'll get maybe, hopefully, at the Etihad winning 3-4-0, but then to get in a game like this is... It's not really something you, you think is going to happen, but seeing as I hadn't scored today, I thought before coming on, might as well try and get my first one. What, what is it like having a manager's trust like Because he's thrown you on in a few games where you needed to get a result. I got, um, I'm not sure. I think uh, how much of his trust you have is, is, is hard to tell sometimes, but... Uh, I mean, every time, or his one of his main messages are to always be ready. So, so that's what you have to kind of live by and train to every day. What does that look like then? How do you like stay ready? I mean, I think it's when a game starts, envisioning uh, where you might come on, or every day when training, training as if you're going to start the next game. I think it's really a mindset. I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I try to. Yeah. What does Monish say to you? When you're preparing to come on in a game like that, what what kind of his instructions for you to go and do in the ten minutes? No, of course there's some tactical stuff, but uh, it's more about uh, he wanted to win the game, and he said go and win the game and go and try and score a goal. And thankfully, yeah. and as, as a wide player, when you've got someone like Kevin back in the team playing passes like that, like I think it's every player's dream. So yeah. Uh, 
it's great to have him back. I think everyone's really pleased and uh, yeah, with him, I think anything is possible. Do you think it's given the squad a little bit of a, of a boost, the lift, having him fucking training and around the group again? Yeah, I, I think it's natural. It's, I, it's not like we didn't have belief without him, but say things were good, now things are great. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like in the dressing room afterwards? That must have been yeah, pretty great. special. Yeah, great. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think uh, before this little break we have to end on the wins is uh, the best thing we could do. Were they singing your name? Uh, were they singing your name? I think, uh, I think some some people were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you been able to, because obviously everything's happened quite quickly for you this season, mm. have you been able to take a step back and sort of realise what has happened? Uh, not really, I mean we haven't really, it's been pretty continuous, you know, a lot of games, training a lot, but uh, I mean, I'm really enjoying it, so I don't see any point in stepping back. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you see the team for like not the second half of the season, but from this after Abu Dhabi? How, how do you see the team? How, how have you seen them beforehand with a little dropping points run and yeah. now? Uh, no, I think the belief was always there. I was so many experienced players in that dressing room, and uh, yeah, the mentality was always to we we stick with what we know, and, and then anything's possible. And and I think now the belief is, is the same. We still think we can beat anyone. And, uh, you know, we're getting a few guys back now. Kevin, hopefully. Or Jeremy, Erling soon maybe. So, yeah, it should be good. Did you see that about the experienced players? Because I think Nathan Nake said recently that everyone got together a yeah. few weeks ago. Did you see? Did you really see, oh, wow, these guys are, they know what it takes? Yeah, I think, I remember especially Kevin, like, obviously he hadn't been playing well. If anything, he was the most calm. Just like, obviously, he's, he's experienced everything you can almost in top football. So, uh, you know, when you have a guy like him uh, just not stressing, it really shows you that, that you're in a good place. What was his message? Not just, I think when you're dropping points or whatever, it's always like someone's looking for a mistake or that something's wrong. but. You know, it's the best league in the world. It's, it's going to happen. We played Aston Villa away, and they had, they were, they were a great team. So, yeah, it happens. So that's Oscar Bob uh, in the mix zone after the game. Um, so, I mean, Sam, just in terms of of a game and a performance. Um, he is obviously one of the headlines. De Bruyne is one of the headlines. But as as kind of a, a, an overview of how it went, um, what are your thoughts of the game? Um, you know. You know, we used that Southampton game a few years ago as an example of you feel ropey as hell watching it because of a few counter-attacks that like really rocked them early on and you just live with that threat for the rest of the game. But then you realise, if you look at it, especially if you watched it back in the cold light of day, knowing what had happened, you'll go, that threat had gone. Yeah. Um, you know, I tweeted towards the end, I was like, something's coming. Like, I don't know what, but something's coming. And it was the kind of... And again, it was that... Um, you know, after the Liverpool game, when, when Liverpool equalised, I was like, you got to say it's been coming. And somebody replied saying, what do you mean? They've, like, they've had no chances. Like, we've had loads. And I was like, no, th- that is what I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, it's the football <laughs> gods thing. Like, what, what had really been coming was City scoring a winner. But in real, or the second goal. But in the kind of football gods way, if you don't take your chances, it's, it, it's, it just seems yeah. inevitable that's going to happen. So, and like somebody replied to me saying, he goes, he goes, what are you saying? Isaac scored the winner. I was like, yeah, it could be that, couldn't it? And like, 
it did feel like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe that still happens. But in reality, Newcastle had not a lot in the second half. Like the counter attacks had dried up. And again, look, partly because they were just happy just to sit back. So their, their threat had kind of gone and they probably had some fatigue and tiredness and, you know, the effect of their injuries to to go with it as well. Um, but they had, I remember Ortega made one good save. And if we, just in case we don't get a chance to mention him again, how good is it to be able to bring on Ortega when Edison gets injured and yeah. this is not a problem? A thing, um, a thing struck me when that happened. I mean, it happened so early in the game that, like, the thought struck me was like, if this was, and I don't mean to be mean to previous goalkeepers, but if it's Claudio Bravo or if it's Zach well, Stefan yeah, coming Stephen on, really, yeah. you, you kind of go, "Oh, I'm nervous now." Whereas Ortega came on, and I just thought, "Oh, well, they'll just, they'll just get back to to playing normally." And it like it didn't, mm. it never once crossed my mind that there was an issue with somebody in goal. Now, obviously, Edison's footwork and his ability with the ball is a lot better than Ortega's, but Ortega's isn't bad by any stretch. Of the imagination even though he almost got caught on one occasion yeah 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 i mean yeah it's it's great it's really good and the say i mean he makes one type of save doesn't he it's that handball save where he just kind of stays in his position sticks a strong arm out yeah. and kind of hits like his bicep or something and saves it like obviously he just make other saves but that's his kind of typical thing and yeah he's really good he's class um but you i mean you asked me about the performance overall and i'll talk you know so they completely bossed it in the second half they played really well um First off, so you know we've well we've mentioned that Guardiola quote about De Bruyne doesn't make us play better, but he you know he helps helps make the difference in the final third. He said Haaland's the same. So I mean we've we've kind of been through that. I wrote my article partly about that, but obviously just about De Bruyne's impact generally. Um, but so when Guardiola talked about that again after Huddersfield last week, he was like, you know, to play better we need you know um, Ruben. Yosko, like today against Huddersfield, to manage the high line better, just as an example of you know all the other things that they need to do to make sure that they're solid and win games. And and again, you kind of saw that at Newcastle, and it wasn't always there. Um, you know, in Rodri's interview, um, I don't think, I, but he said one of the annoying things was they 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 scored like two goals from five passes. Yeah. So that kind of that element is is still there, and that and that is the kind of you know when Guardiola says. As he literally said after Huddersfield, De Bruyne is not going to fix our problems. He isn't. Like we said before, he can kind of paper over cracks magnificently, but everyone else needs to kind of pull it all together to make sure that City are at their best. Otherwise, it'll be like that 1920 season when De Bruyne got 20 assists, but it wasn't enough because everything else needs to be in place. But you see, there were errors with that, largely, particularly for the second goal with Walker. Like I don't feel like you can really look at you know, before the goals and go, I mean, there was the, Gradiol tried to slide the pass in and got intercepted. Um, there was a strong tackle on Doku, but I think it was fair. And then, to be fair, Gradiol then kind of backed off a little. Um, didn't, uh, in in terms of how is City going to win the ball back? Once Doku's lost the tackle and fair enough it wasn't like I don't think he did a bad job but once he's lost the tackle then it's like is there a counter press but Guardiola had kind of two men in that area and decided to go with the one who was moving down the line off the ball rather than the one who had the ball and then you got the time to set it in play and they switched it and then Walker just didn't go to him very unusual um so there's you know there's still bad defending there that those and those were the re- those really were the reasons and there was I think one other counter attack really maybe two in the first half. While you live with that 
for the rest of the game thinking, oh God, you know, they this could do in rally yeah. they didn't. But that's well, just, why. Because they didn't that. handle everything brilliantly. But sorry, but just on the moments when the rest of it, like even in the first half when Newcastle's threat was there and City were managing it, again, like if we talk about like so Guardiola and Diaz managing the highlight like they did against Huddersfield. It's one thing doing it against Huddersfield at home or even Crystal Palace at home, but to like keep your defensive line 35 yards out from the Newcastle goal at St. James's Park is fucking, that's really something. And it wasn't really that, really, that led to the other issues. You know, there was there were other things in there, but when, when you're talking to me about the performance and you just think that that's a, a brave high quality approach but I mean unless everyone's perfect it's going to lead to chances those those counter attacks can you know because those counter attacks shouldn't really if Carl Walker's in the form he was at the end of last season those counter attacks get snuffed out anyway but when you've got weak links or people having a bad game because he was really good for second half to be fair Walker didn't really do anything wrong he was good going forward again there wasn't so much threat down the right but he was much better but in the first half if you've got a weak link like that then you're going to have a problem but the reason I'm talking about this is because it was basically three or four attacks that undermined an unbelievable performance. The only other thing I'd say is maybe at half time there was a lot of getting into the box, I'm going to give it to you. Oh, the pass has been cut out. Okay, we'll try again. And nobody was, you know, Foden had that opportunity to take a shot on kind of left angle inside the box and he's gone for the cutback. And it's like, you can't really blame the cutback, but I feel like everyone's going for the cutback and it's not on. Like everyone's just passing to each other, abdicating responsibility. And I mentioned that at half time. And I was like, well, if De Bruyne's got minutes in him, he might make the difference. Yeah. And behold, he did. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Just on the, um, what I was going to say before, just just on the kind of the waves of the game sort of thing. Um, a friend of mine who is a, a huge Aston Villa fan and was watching the game uh, said that, uh, he said this, he tweeted this at about uh, 10 past seven. So what's that? That's midway through the second half-ish. Um, Newcastle had City so rattled in the last 15 minutes of the first half, but they've gone full defensive mode since the break, just inviting pressure all the time. Don't know why they did that, to be honest. And like, I messaged him just to say, like, I don't know how much of that is Newcastle choosing to do that or City forcing them to do that. Because there was a couple of moments where... Newcastle had an had had the chance to break and they and they tried to break and City won the ball back and instead of going at them City just kept possession and they they turned it around and there was there was one there was a huge one when De Bruyne had come on it was still 2-1 down but De Bruyne had come on and um the ball broke to him in the in the Newcastle kind of just over the halfway line but in the Newcastle half and Newcastle had about four or five players ahead of the ball at that stage and he turned around and he knocked it back past them towards uh, Diaz or to, to Walker or to someone. Um, and I was just like, that's it. That's that. This is City getting a foothold in the game again and making sure that they are, that if, if anybody's going to score here, it's going to be City because Newcastle are not mm. going to catch them. They're not going to let them get out of shape and catch them. Yeah, it was like, yeah, that's the thing. It, it was much better. Um, but like I said earlier, there was the, we, we couldn't sit here and do the whole podcast on how great City were and, not acknowledge the fact that Newcastle did sit back and invite it, but at the same time, City did toughen up and did what they needed to do. Hmm. Um, I, it's just so, you know, we're kind of so scatterbrained with how good different elements of the game were. I'm trying to work out where to pick up next. But I, I mean, just even in terms of the win itself, like just after the Palace game, looking at it and going, I don't see an awful lot wrong here. Guardiola called it an unbelievable performance of the week. And I don't know, you know, you never know with Guardiola if he's just making a point. Bit of hyper, whether he believes yeah. the point or not, but 
as far as what I've heard, you know, obviously he was pissed off with the mistakes, but the performance, I don't think he had any complaints. You know, when he disagreed immediately after the game, when it was suggested that they'd stopped, stopped playing or, and there was, there was something else along similar lines, I don't think he changed his mind after seeing it back. So and what, obviously what we saw, I'd stand by as well. And what we said, I'd stand by as well. But you go back to that and you think, hey, well, what, where'd you go from here? Are you, are you confident that they're playing well? And therefore things would be all right, or you're pessimistic that they're playing well and it's still things not enough, going and he's going to keep being enough. And then you think, well, what's going to come next? Go to the Club World Cup. You've got to win that. Basically, it's almost like go and win that, get a bit of sun, come back and see what happens. And Everton away was always going to be that's going to be fucking tough. And they were, you know, down at half time there, having played quite well. Mistake. Anything? I've, we mentioned this. I, I mentioned this on Twitter. I mentioned this on the podcast. They would have been thinking, "What? What do we have to do? What do we have to do? We have played really well." I know people would disagree with that, but certainly until the goal they had after the goal, it was just a bit meh, wasn't it? Until it was after that injury, wasn't it? Was it Stones' injury? Stones' yeah. injury just went a bit meh. But they would have had to be like, "We've just got. We have just got to keep going." Obviously, second half they they made the tweaks and they they did keep going. They got it. And now you get to Newcastle and look. You don't want to editorialise too much because City could have lost last night and then they could have won the next 14 games. Or they could win this and they might be, maybe they'll lose the next one. We don't know. But you get well, to Newcastle. Spurs in the cup, so of course they're losing that. If, apart from right, that, yeah. yeah. But you think, if they can win this game at Newcastle, that feels like, it, you know, it, you know things are moving in the right direction. It feels like that could be a, a, a real takeoff game. And then to win it in the way that they did, to get that kind of feeling back. We talked about those... Burnley-esque celebrations from a few years ago when they were almost like, I don't know, like relieved that they could still do it. Like, obviously, we did get that feeling, but now I feel like they don't need the reassuring. I feel like they're like, okay, we know now. This is how it should be. This is what we got to do. And we're, we're plugged back in. And I mean, I, look, we don't know. Like, obviously, they okay, there's, there's Spurs way in the cup next, whatever, whatever that may be. I can't see that being a draw, by the way. Well, I know which, which is a ridiculous thing to say, but... I just can't see it being a draw. I either see it being the usual Spurs thing or City just winning. Mm. Obviously, it could be a draw, but I just can't imagine it. I can't imagine a replay. Um, but then anyway, after that, we'll see. But it just, those are the wins that build thing. You know, we we talk about like, oh, that's the performance of champions or like a pivotal result. It was more a pivotal result, but there's the performance of champions in the way that City do it, which is you play well and you get what you deserve yeah. rather than you play shit you get three points you don't deserve, but it kind of galvanises everybody. I feel like City do it in that way sometimes when it's like, you see Guardiola's celebration. You know how Guardiola celebrates a goal at Anfield? It's like the most important goal he's ever overseen <laughs> ever in his seen, life. Yeah, yeah. It's, and when he, he celebrated De Bruyne's equaliser, it was just like, it was that. It was exactly that. It was, thank fuck for that. We needed that. We deserve that. Now let's go. And then obviously, now I realised, I watched the video I put back on Twitter afterwards. I think I watched it again Sunday morning. I was like, what a shit video that was. It was That was purely the aftermath, but it was because I'd seen in real time them celebrating. Tried to get my camera out as quickly as possible. And in the two seconds when I'd like started recording, I kind of missed all the jumping up and down. And it was basically them just putting, patting each other on the back. But then you did see Bernardo put up like 10 fingers to the ref, as if, to the fourth official as if to say, it should have been fucking 10 minutes added on. Like not three or whatever it was because he was he was moaning yeah. before that and again and again just in case I don't forget in case I forget to mention it I was like when he took Bernardo off because when De Bruyne was coming on I was like God knows who's coming off here I was like could be Doku but well, they said on I commentary. mean you could put and you could put Foden in that space but then I just think because I did ask somebody and maybe they said this in commentary anyway so I'm well behind everyone but just because he'd been ill recently so it was that 
Oh, oh, right. I don't think no, he was they, fit enough to do the night. Yeah, they hadn't said that. No, they said in commentary that it was going to be Doku coming off and then uh, a couple of minutes passed by while De Bruyne was still waiting to come on and then they, they said it's changed, it's now Bernardo Silva. Um, oh, so so by the sounds of it, they were thinking of bringing Doku off um, and mm. then for whatever reason switched to, to Silva in the end. Um, yeah, well, maybe it was because of how Silva was feeling. I didn't see any communication to the bench, but apparently it was that. And then it reminds me of that thing I was going to say about Grealish. So he was in the mix zone. I don't know who he was talking to. It, was somebody, I can't, it might have been to one of the City press officers, somebody else hanging around there. And they were like, oh, yeah. And he was like, oh, fuck. He was like, oh, I feel fucking shit or something like that. And you could yeah. see, like, he looks like the word that me and um, Tyrone from the MEN used was peaky. You know, when it's like someone's going to be sick. Yeah. He looked like really roping. He's thinking, he's not coming on. Well, I mean, obviously he didn't, but I mean, you could see why he wouldn't have ever come on. Because he was just kind of there to to make up the numbers, really. In fact, he looked that ill after the game. You think, why has he gone at all? And also, I wouldn't fancy getting on a coach if I felt sick. But anyway. Coming up after a short ad break, we'll be talking more about the Newcastle game and we'll focus more on Oscar Bob. See you then. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Let's bring this in from uh, Paul, who's emailed to say, uh, there's been a long-running narrative among City fans and pundits about Pep's refusal or inability to make subs, usually with the references to the cost of the bench. Yesterday showed how stupid that line is. Two subs, the right ones, the right players taken off, and the game won. Um, and like we always get this with Guardiola when he doesn't make subs. And I think it's only fair to, to point out the subs that he's made change the game in this instance because there is a narrative around that Guardiola doesn't make good subs and doesn't uh, and doesn't use the bench to the, the full extent that he could. Um, and again, it was the subs that won it. Yeah, um, I suppose a good example of this is what Oscar Bob said in terms of how did you... Uh, Imagine your first goal, and he thought, "I thought it might be when we were three or four nil up at the at the Etihad." <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah, it, isn't yeah. it? Like, why wouldn't they know? Why wouldn't they know that kind of? You know, why wouldn't Cole Palmer have thought that last season that that would be where he would score? Um, but again, you know, as one of the questions was to 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 Bob, that trust has been growing, hasn't it? I wrote a bit about it before the Huddersfield game when Guardiola said after Sheffield United he thought about starting him and again unless that was just a lie which I can't see why it would be like it just it goes to show how high up that pecking order he is to the extent now apparently where when arguments are being made about the strength of City's bench compared to Newcastle's it can be said <laughs> oh and they, they were able to bring Oscar Bob on I was like you never heard of this fucker what are you on about oh um, god that was some but I mean like but that was that's obviously been the big topic on Tyneside this week um, but I was speaking to our two like Newcastle reporters to uh, during the game and before the game and they were talking about the bench and I was like they were like oh look at the difference between the benches and 
and they didn't they didn't say which way but they was like look at that like that's like four defenders two and i was like are you i wasn't even taking to piss i was like do you mean newcastle they were like yeah i was like that's how city's bench has been for like three months yeah and then when when they and then for this live article we had to do the lad sitting next to me put he put in the chat so i saw it in slack the like the work communication thing like teams it was i think about doing that bench thing i went (laughs) i was like you, you can write what you want to write but like if you want to just say i was like the safest thing to say is you wouldn't find a city fan who would think that their bench is massively strong at the moment. I was like, you could put it that way. But in fairness, the fact that Grealish is on there, because obviously it's just immediately, it's 100 million pound Grealish. Mm. You go, all right, fine. But the, the, um, this is it. And then De Bruyne. Is on there. But it's De Bruyne's on there. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, De Bruyne has got 23 minutes in him, basically. Grealish was ill, as it turns out, couldn't have played at all. And then if you're using Oscar Bob to make your argument, then your argument's on his ass. But it is difficult, in it? Because look, Nunes was on there and it cost, what, 55 million. It's like... And and obviously there's Phillips. So if you want to say the bench is... It's, it's, it's always been difficult with Phillips, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah, well, he is there, but like, he's not it's a serviceable option. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not, he's not coming on. And then if, if somebody else wanted to make the point, well, you know, why not? You go, well, fair enough. Like, all right. Because the manager doesn't rate him, like okay, like but so yeah, it it is a weird one. But you can't start, you start, you can't start throwing Oscar Bob in. But yeah, once Grealish is on there and De Bruyne is on there, that does show the difference to some extent. But when again, if you look at it in the actual context of it, both of those players had that like, twenty three minutes between them, and like De, as De Bruyne said on TV, like he just gave everything. It was more like willpower more than anything. I'll tell you what though, when he said it's more willpower than anything, like the thing about De Bruyne when he's had any kind of absence is he comes back and he looks rubbish like yeah, compared to how good he is and he, now he's back and he's unreal which I don't know if you put that down to you know the break he had from football which we've talked about and then he's talked about and I think Pep's mentioned you know he just managed to he was able to go on holiday switch off the, you know the diet you know come back looking after himself in a different way you'd think it must be that but again you know when, when Guardiola said he's ready to start games um, on on Friday, and then everyone was like, "Oh, you know, maybe he's going to play." And then there was the FPL leaks about like Harlan's family, like bringing in De Bruyne. You think, surely not. Like after what Guardiola said last week, and then think maybe to be fair, you know, Guardiola said he'd play ninety minutes one day, then fifteen. I thought maybe this is the ninety minutes, and then obviously, like he's nowhere near that, is he? At the yeah. Minute. Yeah. But to 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 give that performance, and again, that that is the difference, isn't it? Like as good as City were, if De Bruyne hadn't come on. I don't know, maybe there'd have been a two-all in there. You know, maybe Alvarez would have scored, maybe Foden would have scored. But it is that, isn't it? It's like you for City to be great, they don't just need De Bruyne. But to get to that nev- next level, they they do need that difference maker as well. Like it, They might not get over the line without that kind of inspiration, even if they really solidify things. But then again, you know, maybe they do. Again, just to throw in chances while, or throw in talking points while they come to me. Alvarez putting another one over the bar at like a really good moment. Is that three now? There was one against, oh, maybe four? One against Sheffield United before Rodri scored. One against Palace, maybe? Def- one against Liverpool, I think. And then that one. And obviously, like, he scored loads of goals, fair play. And we'll, we'll talk about that when he does it. He gets, he gets assists. He's obviously an important player. Um, but oh, those ones, like they're like they're the dagger ones. Like you start putting them away, 
and there's no looking back really then it then it is harder then because i know people would already say oh you know when de bruyne comes back it's difficult because what you do with alvarez but you know personally i think it's easy it's just de bruyne all day but if he's putting those away if he's getting the match winners in games like that you think that's that's tough to leave him out um but yeah i just thought i'd kind of mention that the other thing as well the other thing i wanted to mention um there was a move in the second half. City played it around at the back, ended up with their kind of right back area. Played out so brilliantly. I think it ended up going out to Walker and he played it first time into Rodri. Rodri must have carried it about 60 yards. I can't remember because it wasn't on the highlights. I can't remember if he then switched it first time or he maybe came inside and somebody else switched it out to Guardiol. Guardiol had a crap touch in the box and Guardiol was going mental. Like It's very rare that, you know, with Guardiola, it's normally the decision-making rather than the execution that he's going to go mad about. But he was going fucking mental like for ages. <laughs> like I think cause, I think it was because it was just like that feeling of that is such a good move. We have got to such a good position. And then you've done and you've just you just let it You just let it go. And then there was... Was he, was he giving him the on-pitch coaching after the game as well, apparently? I didn't say I didn't that. See, no, but apparently yeah. he did. But then in the first half, he... You know, because there was one of the attacks before they'd scored when Newcastle got down the right put the ball across but it, it kind of just it, it ran all the way across goal didn't go to anything but obviously it looked and then felt dangerous because Guardiola was kind of body position facing inside the pitch and they just played it down the outside of him and Guardiola was like what are you? he was like shouting him for ages and I think in the end he had to get like Ake like Ake will you make him listen to me or like get his attention basically and it was like what are you doing with this body positioning and you think with that you don't expect City players to pick up everything in their first season but body positioning particularly as a defender seems to be something that they must talk about every time they're on the grass and even like reminding him when his videos and stuff. So that seemed a bit interesting. And I know people are still kind of critical of Guardiola. I think he's absolutely class. I think he's going to be really, really, really quality. Um, and there was, there was really good moments in the game yesterday when he's cutting out attacks, some of the passes he makes really good. And then I think when he just adds on those extra little bits, I do think he'll end up looking really comfortable as a left back as well. Um, but yeah, just, there were just a couple of notable things and the good thing about Newcastle is like Chelsea and like the old Spurs stadium so close to the bench it's just great for that kind of stuff the kind of interactions and the the reactions and all that kind of stuff it's, it's really good and I feel like it's kind of you know adds an extra layer to to go into the game and see it especially compared to Newcastle when anyone who's in the stadium from a city point of view was halfway to the moon yeah million miles away at the back um let's talk uh i wanted to talk a little bit more about oscar bob sam uh because um we remarked recently that he doesn't really feel like a youngster and it's interesting that you say the thing about um how he how he kind of ranks to in the newcastle argument of build of look at what city have got on the bench um but it, it struck me recently that um He's kind of done the Lewis thing from last season of of mm. like he's become a first team player without us sort of realizing that he's a first team player. And that isn't to say that you know when the running comes, Oscar Bob will be on the team sheet for a starting uh, starting eleven. No. Rico Lewis isn't, isn't and wasn't last season. Um, but the level of trust that Guardiola has in him is is huge because you think of of kind of where he was at the start of, of, of pre-season. He was a youngster who'd gone on the pre-season tour with an opportunity to impress. And you like you watched him in a few of those games and we thought, might get a few minutes this season when City are 4-0 up and you know everything is, is going swimmingly. And then out of nowhere, Guardiola brought him on at Wolves and said afterwards, oh, I, I needed someone who was good in the small spaces. 
And I was like, well, that's a, that was a that that was very much a sink or swim moment for a young kid to be chucked into this environment. He then came on at Villa in very much the set the same yes. manner when City were were really yeah. struggling and like Guardiola's again just chucked him in. Um, like those are those are very much go on and rescue this game, but we're not really expecting you to rescue it. Um, then Sheffield United comes along. He comes on. He, he came on, and I said to you, he's ch- like something's changed here. He, like, yeah, yeah. When he's come and on, Guardiola said the same as yeah. well. And then he he obviously got the uh, the ball through to Foden to create the assist. Uh, and then Newcastle comes along, and the manner in which he wins it in the in the ninety first minute, he takes down a brilliant pass from De Bruyne. He could have gone down under that challenge in the box, and I don't think anybody would have really have blamed him if he had in that situation. And he stays on his feet, goes around the goalkeeper, pops it in. But the way, like the the feet that he uses to take it around the keeper, like left foot onto right foot and into the net, is like it's it, it was video game stuff. It was a bit like the Doku goal last week from the De Bruyne assist. It was obviously a really good assist from De Bruyne in both cases. But Doku still had to finish it. You know, it wasn't yeah, yeah. an easy chance. And then Bob, like for as much as it was a great pass, like Bob still had a lot to do. And like the ball's dropping over somebody, you don't know if they're going to get a toe on it. Like I think. Trippier got something on it, whether it was before Bob touched it or not, I couldn't quite work out. But still to bring that down and then like the 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 quick touch around the keeper. I was speaking to Nadam this morning and he, and he said 99% of the players in the league aren't even thinking about doing that. Mm. It, like, you can kind of take take it for granted. But like what uh, it's like I, I, they're kind of doomed to be mentioned in the same breath forever, or at least for the next <laughs> few months. But but with Cole Palmer, you know that Cole Palmer goal against Luton the other weekend when he was one-on-one with the keeper and he's kind of hit it into the floor over the keeper's leg. You think, that's unbelievable. It's basically, and I know Palmer was at the City Academy forever and Bob wasn't. He signed when he was 16. But, you know, he's been there for like four years. Like, the the stuff that they're getting taught, like, in those, just that quality under pressure in those moments. And, again, when just even down to the the Prem soon come thing, like, it has, it, it didn't soon come, did it? But, it continues to come for Palmer. Yeah. But with Bob, it's like, what an opportunity that is. And like somebody 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 I know who's kind of close with Palmer in a way messaged me and he was like, Has Oscar Bob done more for City than Palmer ever did? And I was like, Isn't he your boy? And he was like, Yeah, but it's true. I was like, Okay. <laughs> Obviously it is true, literally. Like it is. Um But I mean, they are connected in a way. There's that way that I can't I can't remember what transfer it was in the past but they were kind of all right with letting somebody go because they were like, well, it's all right, we've got X. And with this, apparently it was, they're all right with letting Palmer go for a start because he wanted to, secondly because the money was good. But they're also like, we have got Oscar Bob. And also I think they said to Bob, you will get minutes this year and you'll get more than Palmer did last year, which... You're still expecting it to blows, be, yeah. It? You're still expecting it to be a few minutes when City are four five nil up and and cup games. Yeah, um, but I mean, yeah, maybe that maybe that hasn't been the case. But like you say, you've, you've mentioned some heavy appearances there, which Palmer wasn't getting. You know, Palmer used to get like eighteen minutes when Guardiola would make all the changes, and those eighteen minutes worth weren't worth watching, were they? Because everyone was just doing whatever, like all the. All the kind of organisation and the good decisions had kind of gone out the window. But like you say, Bob's coming on to, to try and change games. And that was the point I was making before the Huddersfield game. I was like, look, they're not really going to sign any players in January. So that bench can look better in a couple of ways. And the first thing is just get, you know, De Bruyne, Doku, Haaland back, Stones back, 
and then it looks it looks stronger. It's just going to be stronger. I mean, yeah, whoever's on there, so, take. yeah. But the other thing is, you look at the names that are on there, and when you and you're going through it, and it can look uninspiring. It has looked uninspiring for a lot of games for yeah, a couple of months. But when you see Bob, you think you don't think, oh, Bob, yeah, Phillips to show her. You think, fuck it, okay, yeah, Bob. Yeah. And I was thinking if he could make that impact against Huddersfield, and he didn't. He didn't make the massive, massive impact against Huddersfield, but it's done a huge impact. In a, huge, in a much bigger game, a huger game, in a much bigger game the week later. And now, again, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be starting against Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid, whoever it may be. But that we can at least look at it in a different light now and go, Oscar Bob, he can do a job, you know. Um, and then, yeah, maybe in a few months people can say, oh, look, they can bring this kid off the bench, the cheating bastards. But for now, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a stretch. Is he a first team player or is he a first team squad member? Squad member because he hasn't started loads, has he? Like I say, I'm not, I'm not doing him down, but he's not. I mean, Guardiola does rarely make that many subs anyway. But I mean, he might, he might very soon be. I don't know above Nunes in the pecking order, in terms of bring somebody on. Um, I'm trying again. There's not many, you know. There's no Champions League dead rubbers now. Guardiola hates that phrase, but you know, we all know what it means. Um, you know, um, if if City were to get past Spurs and then get like an easy home draw, um, then you you think he'd come in. So there's, there's not many chances like that. But you, yeah, you can you can see him being used more and more. But again, like when it was Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Liverpool last season, you know, in April May, Rico Lewis wasn't. You know, nobody was talking about Rico Lewis coming on partly because the the squad was so strong. But again, if City keep having injuries. And players being in and out. Like Grealish has been in and out all season for different reasons. Different injuries. That mad dead leg that he had. Illness now. He was ill against Liverpool. Um, suspended for Villa. You know, all, all different reasons. You know, if he's out. And then you look at that inside left position that Doku played yesterday. Keep playing him there. That's fine. But if you want somebody who's a bit better in those pockets rather than you don't need so much the one-on-one threat that he gets out wide. There, there might be Grealish there. But there's definitely Bob as well. So... You'd like to think there are chances, but I mean, yeah, squad player for now. Like, not he's not he's not in that first team bracket because I think even last season, you know, there were all those players around, but you'd never say Gomez, Palmer, or Phillips were in that bracket. And I, Bob isn't yet, but you know, you might be able to ask me in two weeks, and I might go, yeah, he is. Yeah, all I'm thinking is that we look at the fixture list for um, kind of. I think it's March time when it starts, but you, you hit that run again where it's like Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, United, the, like all those yeah, games coming in, in a run. Um, and it, I, I can just see it being that period where, again, he might disappear, much in the same way that Lewis did uh, last season. Might disappear yeah, and then Guardiola bit. started talking about him on the Friday before Leeds. Lo and behold, he started against Leeds yeah. just when everyone needed that change because, well, they changed the team because it was around the Champions League games, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe it'll be that. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. There is more for members, though. Subscribe on lmtpod.com if you want those longer ad-free episodes. What is there for members in the post-Newcastle debrief, Sam? Oh, absolutely loads. Uh, De Bruyne, Rodri, and fleeting conversations with people who are very involved at Manchester City, as well as other stuff. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, it's hello at lmtpod.com. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, so just search for lmtpod on there. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you next time. Money.